0: We are officially live on social media. Uh, Today is Friday, April 30th. This is number 26 for the Reflection Artist Live podcast. And we have with us today Prentice St. Clair. Uh, He is out of California and he has over 30 years in the industry experience uh, with over, I think, 27 years in business. He's been a consultant, a trainer, and he's got quite a few accolades under his belt in regards to Uh, what he's done in the industry, what he's done in his own business, and of course what he's done for the industry with the IBA and things of that nature. And that's kind of what we're going to dive into. So those of you listening or watching can better learn who Prentice is and what he's done for the industry and of course about his business. And and maybe you guys could pull some little golden nuggets of knowledge to help yourself out in, in your business as well. So Prentice, thank you for being on number 26, Reflection Artist Live. And I know we had some uh, technical difficulties on Wednesday, so we moved this forward to Friday. So we're still capturing it within the same week, which is good.
1: So, Giant. Yes. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having but, me, Justin. Yes. Yeah, uh, so,
0: background-wise, where it all started and how you got into this wonderful world of detailing.
1: Well, you know, I got that picture up there of you and I at your at your shop. This uh, from a few years ago, but I'll switch it up to uh, to to show you the humble beginnings of my business. I was a mobile detailer starting in full time in 94. Um, with my orange Volvo station wagon and, uh, lots of equipment and stuff. None of it extremely professional, but it got the job done. And... What made you,
0: what made you like start this though? Like what, what was, well, was yeah. the thing that motivated it?
1: So um, I came to San Diego to start my career. I wor- was working for the Department of the Navy for five years. Wow. Uh, they had the, in the 90s, they had the base relocation and closure thing. And my, my position was so new that they just said, yeah, we don't need that one anymore. Um, it was nothing personal. It's just the position wasn't necessary. I had the opportunity to move to Orlando or to uh, Memphis and we had a new family. So I just said, you know i've been detailing as an avocation for 10 years i already have 80 customers on the books um might as well just start this business and you know friends and neighbors were, were encouraging of that they said you, you you should start your business so i did and it was definitely a struggle for the first few years and it took and how old time.
0: were you at that time
1: go that's a good question i had uh, 31 i think 32 something like that okay
0: okay yeah. so your early 30s when you got started well, yeah, you said you'd also been doing it 10 years. Off yeah, off.
1: full time. I mean, yeah. you know, I was detailing cars for money for years before that. Um, even when I was working at the Navy, I had a couple of weekends a month when I would I would uh, be out there earning cash. It was awesome. So um, that's when I started. Nice. So I see
0: that you had a lot of materials and things that you bought. So what was your connection back then in regards to purchasing that whole amount of products and tools and things of that nature
1: (laughs) well there was a distributorship here in san diego called auto beauty they um uh, featured pro products um and actually one of my first uh my teachers in detailing was bob Myers from pro oh wow yeah so i have a a a very fond um relationship with with pro products and bob and john bell and and, and they've always been very supportive in the industry and, and of me. And, and, you know, Bob was a great first instructor. And Brad Burford, who's the grandson of so-and-so, or I can't remember what his relationship, he also taught me how to high-speed polish. So those were the early days. Of, you know, I'll tell you one of the things I did, though, um, when I found that place, it was like walking into heaven. like, look at all this stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because I had been buying from, you know, AutoZone or whatever it was back then. So um, and then they had they had uh, Saturday seminars uh, a couple of times a year and a tech night. And I'd go to that stuff and learn more things. Um, so, yeah, I, I got into to trying to learn more early on. And I realized too early on that that the detailing profession needed an, an injection of professionalism desperately. So many of the people uh, back then that that uh, that I knew in the profession was just like these guys are just sort of winging it. And they don't really understand what it means to have a business and, and take care of customers. So.
0: Oh, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. And so when you got involved, did you, how long were you working out of that vehicle?
1: <laughs> well, okay. Truth be told, I still have a Volvo station wagon. It's not that one. Um, you know, I, I was one of these guys who, who never got into the fancy rig with the water tanks. And, and, you know, I just got stuff as I needed it. Most of the detailing I did was on private property at, at you know, the vehicle owner's home. Um, and I had access to water and power. I really didn't need all that stuff with me. I totally get the concept of being able to go anywhere at any time and take care of a car. That just wasn't my business model. So I was able to stay in a station wagon and, uh, you know, for to this day, you know, when I go out and do mobile stuff, it's, it's real simple, real straightforward.
0: Well, I think in those early days, too, I mean, it wasn't common for people to have their own water and things of that nature. I mean, it was probably you seen it, it wasn't it, it, as common as it is today. not as
1: common, but it was still out there because I remember getting pushback about that. Where's your van? Where's your this? Where's your that? It's like, really? I, need I didn't need it. Yeah. Well, those were the days that people were finding any way to tear you down that they could. So
0: yeah, get a better price, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. And now for those days, for that time frame, in that period of detailing, what, what kind of services were common then?
1: Um, I was doing regular washing and also just detailing, regular washing and detailing. That's really all it was. I had a, a pretty straightforward menu that I keep to this day. It's Inside detail, outside detail, or both, and then a bunch of add-on uh, custom um, uh, custom add-ons that the customer could pick based on what they wanted or what the car needed. Um, you know, I really started out with the with the mobile washing, and and because that was an easy way to get into uh, customers' homes and and get more customers, because I would be somewhere and the neighbor would walk over, and pretty soon I had three houses on the same street on Monday mornings, you know? Um, And I did mobile washing for four or five years. Um, And I'll, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you that one of the things I learned early on was I wasn't charging enough and it was uh, I was wasting a lot of time. So very early on, I think within a year of starting, uh, I doubled my prices on washing. And the funny thing is, and I tell that to anybody listening now who's starting out mobile washing and, you know, you're doing the $25, $35 mobile washing, you're killing yourself. Yeah. You know, that was one of the best moves I ever made was to double the price. I gave everybody a 30-day notice and half of my customers were pissed off and they went away. Guess what? It didn't matter because the other half were paying twice as much. And then I had all this extra time to actually do detailing, which made more money. Yeah. so, you know, I quickly got out of the mobile washing. The funny thing is now somebody asked me for a regular uh, a regular wash schedule and it's very expensive. I you know it's it's never less than a hundred bucks for a watch. But it, obviously it's way more than a wash. So yeah, absolutely. It's a mini so, detail is really what it is. But yeah.
0: now with that and in your years with being mobile and, and and Bob kind of you know being that trainer mentor figure in those early years, uh, what what got you into the industry side? Like, what was it that, you know, was it a show? Was it something yeah. I met?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, uh, it was, um, let's see back in 1997. Um, I went to, I was part of the, the professional detailing association, which, uh, but Abraham put together
0: TVA. and, um,
1: <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they were offering a seminar, a detailing seminar around the country put on by Steve Okin. Uh And so Claude Harris and I went to see Steve Oaken in Pomona, California, because that was the closest thing to San Diego. And we spent all day there. Um, I was the only one wearing a tie, you know, what a goofy guy but anyway one of the things i learned in multi-level marketing is when you go to a meeting be the last one to leave because that's when the golden stuff happens and that's what claude and i did is we stayed after and said hey you know steve can we can we buy you a drink Can we chit chat about this and the other thing and that's when um steve steve saw a spark in my eyes about my passion for the industry and he, invi- he got me connected with ICA, International Car Wash Association, because they needed some articles on detailing. And that started the whole thing, writing articles. Um, you know, writing is, is second nature to me. So it was really easy to do that. And then putting on presentations at the ICA shows uh, in the, on the detailing side or managing the detailing roundtable on 730 on Tuesday mornings uh, during their show. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and then just walking around the trade show floor and meeting some of the other big hitters in the industry. And, um, you know, it's all about connections. It's so important to make connections in this industry because you never know what's going to happen.
0: No, whether it be three years, five years or 10 years down the road where you you already had that somewhat foundation built, but then something came up as an opportunity to build on even greater.
1: Precisely. And you and I have both benefit from benefited from those connections uh, in, our, in our own personal businesses. Um, I'll tell you, there were people that I would see at the ICA shows every year, ICA and Western Car Wash Association, and I just come up and say hello and chit chat and say, how are you doing? I don't want anything out of it. I just want to say hello and get to know you. And you're right. Five years later, one of those people would call up and say, hey, you know, I got this project with this detailing thing and I need some help understanding the detailing side of it. You know, you get paid a few thousand dollars for a gig like that. So it's important to make those connections for sure. So, and this is a great point, a detailer
0: at a car wash show, (laughs) right? So most detailers, when they hear about a car wash, it's nails going down a chalkboard, right? It's like, no, get away from the car wash kind of thing. But how important was that to have that cross connection and be there? Because how, I mean, explain on the importance of what these car wash guys are looking when they add detail and what they look for while Mm -hmm. we're there.
1: Well, yeah, um, you know, you know, there is there is sort of a, a a wall up between car washing and detailing. And when I say car washing, I mean, you know, the the brick and mortar traditional corner car wash wash. Yeah. Yeah. But they, a lot of them do offer detailing um, express detailing has been popular for years. That's sort of the 15, 20 minute service, just a quick get in, get out. Um, it's it's almost like in the, the analogy in gardening would be mow, blow, and go. Just get in, get out. Um, but uh, there are some car washes who offer full service detailing. And there are some car washes uh, owners and managers who realize they don't know what they don't know about detailing. And I'm still pushing, like at Southwest Car Wash Association coming up in June, I will once again be pushing the use of steam for carpet cleaning because typically they're, they're leaving the carpets completely soaking wet using oh. an extractor, throwing it in the trunk of the car where it just gets moldy because the customer forgets about them. You know, it's just, so I've been pushing uh, clay and seal um, using the wonderful spray, spray sealants we have now as a lubricant and, you know, so there is a connection there. And also even at a car wash, you never know if you're gonna make a connection with that owner uh, from the standpoint of them sending you work or maybe hiring you on a couple of days a week to provide detailing at the location, you just never know. Plus at the detailing shows, there's usually, I'm, I'm sorry, at the car wash shows, there's usually some kind of presence in the detail industry. Some of the big hitters, Meguiar's Pro, p and uh, Big Chemical Stinger for sure, uh, big chemical companies are there and you can make contacts with those folks as well.
0: Yeah, and there's a huge cross-reference of application with these chemicals because even though that they're super concentrates in the, you know, car wash industry, some of those also relate to the detailers and vice versa when it comes to that chemistry. But it's it's all one big playing field, right? We're we're all in the same arena to care for vehicles. Care for vehicles, yeah. Yeah, and and so uh, there's definitely a huge benefit there. That's where I think a lot of these guys, you know, only focus on the detail shows. But I think that these car washers, especially since I've been to them, hold a lot of value and have an importance as well to attend.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't spend thousands of dollars to, to go somewhere to go to a car wash show. But if you're if you're not too far away, uh, it's definitely worth it at least once to show up and watch and walk the trade show floor and see who's there and who's not there. And then, you know, they'll have some educational sessions, which, you know, some of them are general business sessions, which are pretty, pretty darn good. I mean, yeah. car washing is a huge industry in the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, it, it, it definitely pays to at least go once and check it out. And, you know, typically the International Detailing Association will have some kind of a presence at a car wash show uh, more and more these days as they see the value of our community being affiliated with with the car wash associations. will will provide some educational sessions. Um, many of the uh, trade associations offer booth space for other trade associations. So the IDA, for example, will typically have a, a show booth at Southwest Car Wash Convention, uh, International Car Wash Convention, um, and some other ones, some other regional ones. <clears throat>
0: I personally, the first time I went to one, it was like a circus. It was so many bells, whistles, and lights from all those little tunnel options that you could get into. I was overwhelmed visually. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it really is amazing when the first time you go and they'll have full tunnels set up in on the trade show floor, yeah. complete car wash tunnels. You not just
0: to go through them
1: yourself. Yeah, you like... walk through them. They're not, they're not washing cars, but <laughs> all the equipment's there. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, um, with your involvement there you know that got you into writing would you currently write for the um which magazine was it the, auto uh, laundry news auto laundry Next news month. that's right yep and you have articles every month when they release it, uh, a new version or edition of their magazine yeah and every article every time is always different got to show the, off a
1: little bit yep i made and the it, cover of professional car washing and detailing that was i couldn't cool.
0: even see you with your mask on
1: <laughs> yeah right who is that guy Probably not really you is it <laughs>
0: That's a stock photo from Google. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or it's probably going to become one, and then you'll see somebody rebadge it with something. <laughs>
1: Whatever. If it makes some money, great.
0: <laughs> yeah. And those articles have been super helpful because, I mean, you really dive in. You really get elaborate in regards to the subject area that you're covering. And you do a really damn good job at, at covering that thoroughly. And, you know, for a lot of the guys that are looking and, and, and hungry for knowledge, definitely get your hands on that because you have your article there's a couple others that write articles just i think overall there's some good information in there to pick up on especially some of the stuff you dive into that are problem areas in our industry that yeah. need you know that need you know better education on you know yeah no i appreciate that, that. you know uh
1: um, oh and the the, the uh, fighter jets are taking off across the way i don't know if you can hear that or not but uh you know, God blessed me with a with the uh, gift of communication, and so I've always been a good writer. From from grade school, I was a good writer. I don't know; it's just part of me. So, so when I realized that that the industry needed um, needed professionalism, that was the easy way that I could contribute. Back in the late '90s and early 2000s, the trade magazines that's where you got your info from. Yeah. So, and they are always looking for content. So it was really simple to to make that connection and start providing those articles. And, you know, I, I the articles I've been writing for Auto Laundry News since 2004. So there's tons of those online. Oh, wow. um, I have a package called Ideas for Success, which is a compendium of a hundred articles that I wrote over the years, um, training videos. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like to read nowadays, but for those who do, uh, there is a lot of information. I tend to pack a lot of info in my articles and we do talk both on technique, but also the business side of it, which is really, really important. And I like to talk about the, the things that have worked well for me and worked well for others that I've worked with over the years uh, to, to to improve the business and, and make more money. Now, with, with your
0: track record of your detail in business and then getting more involved on the industry side and being able to write these articles, um, how did you balance that? Like, what did you have your evening time and your downtime to to approach yeah. that? How was that balanced for
1: you? Yeah, typically in the early days for writing articles and stuff, it would just be uh, yeah, like you said, um, the, the the evening time or early morning time. Um, and, and then you know, as I started to get into providing presentations for some of the trade shows, then you just put it in the schedule. And you know, a customer would call and say, "Hey, I need my car detailed this week," and say, "Well, I'm booked up this week." They don't need to know that I'm doing a trade show. It doesn't really matter. And actually, as I got more involved with that, it was it was part of my uh, my my persona as a professional detailer is like not only am I cleaning your car, but I'm also one of the industry experts. So you're 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 being serviced by somebody who educates the industry, and that has been a huge boost in, in my credibility for for my customers and the, and the people that I know uh, from my for example networking groups you know to be able to put up these these uh, background photos photos during the <clears throat> during the uh, zoom meetings and then you know at presentations I mean <laughs> yeah, it, that's it you, who else are you gonna to go to right yeah yeah no when
0: yeah when you're looking for a, a local expert in your market, and they have this resume of credentials, right. why wouldn't you want to use that guy? You know, Right. And I mean, the only thing that's conflicted with most people is pricing, but you pay for what you get for anything.
1: Yeah, and you know, that's interesting. The the, the, the question of competition came up recently uh, and really, I people would ask me in the early days, what do you do about your competition? I'd say, I don't do anything. They're doing their thing, I'm doing my thing. My purpose is to make sure you as my customer is 100% happy, with what I did and be the best service provider I can for you. If I do that, the competition has nothing to do with it. And, and I support my competition here and, and um, I, I've been blessed to, to be able to narrow down my business to just my local community. And really I'm, I'm the de, the detailer in Point Loma in San Diego. And, and there's a couple other guys that operate here and um, I actually support them. You know, because there's stuff that I don't want to do and, and they're happy to do it because they're younger in the industry. That's great. I would rather do that than to badmouth my competition or try to, I don't know, act superior over them. That's not the point. Now, there, there are certain customers that want my service, my level of service they are willing to pay for it. And the ones that don't or the price is too high because I get phone calls off of Yelp and next door and stuff like that. And, you know, the first thing I ask is how much is it? And I tell them, you know, I tell them exactly what it is. Um, and and they'll, they'll probably go away, it's too much. What's funny is uh, in the last few weeks, there have been people that actually have been calling back and saying, you know, I talked it over with my husband or my wife, we actually want you to do the work. And I think what's happening is they're going out and talking to other detailers and finding out, wow, we really need to be careful about what we're doing here in our selection process. Uh, And then they see more reviews online. so Yeah,
0: that helps a lot for sure. So with the resume you did build, at what point was that transition into going into wanting to be a trainer and start actually exercising being a trainer? Like how did all that evolve?
1: It was interesting. Uh, It was back in 99 and there was a local uh, uh, training school that was just starting. Um, And so I got involved with that and um it was it was right look and that was in ninety nine and we put together videos and I wrote four of their training programs uh, detailing paint repair, interior surface repair, and glass repair, windshield repair and then I was the lead trainer for those for those uh, trainings um, for about five years, four or five years so that really got me into the training side i mean I've always had uh uh, instructional, what's, what, how do I want to say, um, instructional experience. I used to teach first aid. I taught swimming for six years, you know, so teaching was no big deal to me. And that's, it goes back to that communication thing, having a, a, a natural ability to communicate. Um, but uh, that really got me into that side of it um, with a ton of experience. And then I started going out on my own saying, you know, I can do this myself. I, and so yeah at those trade shows, <clears throat> talking with uh, car wash owners or people that wanted to start a detailing business or ramp it up. Then I started you know, booking week long onsite training uh, for my own business, Detail and Progress. And I've been doing that ever since. And then in 2012, um, uh, Bud Abraham approached me and, and another person that I was connected with all those years, not necessarily making any money off of it, but all those years seeing the same person over and over again every, at every show, he said, you know, Keith DePless is being deployed and I need a trainer. So uh, I was almost once a month, I was going out for Detail Plus to different parts of the country, uh, training people in their installation of their uh, automatic dispensing systems. Oh, wow. The cars better. <clears throat> yeah, and that really got me into the dealership side of it, which is a completely different ball game, De- dealership detailing. And boy, those folks need so much help. Fortunately, a small percentage of them are, are really getting on board with this idea of getting training and the right equipment uh, for their detailers, but it's a very small percentage. Most, most of the detail shops and the dealerships are not. They're doing things old school and teaching each other how to do it down the line. See, and it's funny you say that
0: because you know I could talk to different people on the on the podcast or at shows and events, and people who are full, almost fully invested into the dealership uh, category of detailing, as far as like uh, being a distributor or a trainer, or whatever that that's their space in general, uh, right. versus the standalone boutique style detail shop or something like that. They tend to see. They feel that there's a lot of great detailers in that space. As to where, with us as detailers that go in and, and try to help that space, we see it differently because we're more in depth with our services. Right. And we're seeing that they're not not necessarily not in depth, but their process is off, and it's yeah. not effective. It's not efficient. They're losing money. They're losing material. There's all these things that nobody's watching. Nobody's managing, and we go in there and right. see that you know as the The chemical guys, crap, they sell more five gallon or 55 gallon drums per week because the person's wasting it. They're happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and there's there's no shade to be thrown on that. But that's that's the reality of it. Right. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, so it's just funny hearing those different perspectives because I see it both ways. um, But in my personal experiences, I have to agree with you. I you know, I feel that a lot of the dealerships do need help and the guys that end up doing good end up breaking off to do their own thing.
1: Well, yeah. And um, a couple of years ago, I was invited to speak at um, NADA uh, in San Francisco, 2019. And that, that was a, a, a huge um, opportunity for me, because that is, you know, owners and general managers of, of automotive dealerships from around the country um, to get in front of those folks. And they asked me to do a presentation on detailing. And I basically, I basically, smacked them around and then straightened their tie uh, in that presentation I <laughs> started out by saying, showing pictures of all the places I'd been with a ridiculous detail shops. And the funny thing is that the only department at a dealership that touches every single car that goes through, the only department that touches that is the detail department. They touch every single car that goes through a detail through a dealership, yet they get the least amount of funding, the least amount of training, and the and the least amount of, of of assistance, and you know the 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 managers of the dealership expect those guys to bust out cars at, at ridiculous rates. You know,
0: unrealistic most of the time. Yeah,
1: three labor hours to detail a car from bumper to bumper, including the engine, and it better darn well look good when you're done. Um, And, you know, the salesmen constantly walking in and demanding this and demanding that they're being torn. You know, I've seen places where they expect them to do, to mow the lawns and change the lights and do the lot washing. Um, And, and they just can't, but they don't give them any money for equipment and chemicals. And you've got the, the six different Trucks coming in to try to sell them on the latest and greatest thing, and they don't know anything about chemicals other than this guy said it's good. Yes. So, you know, and and we're kind of getting off on a tangent on this, but it's important for us to understand that there's a lot of people detailing cars out there who don't have access to information that we do. And and whenever possible, we should try to help those folks out and get them involved in the IDA and um, get them to educational. Uh, offerings around the country to help them understand. There's a whole world of detailing out there that they have no idea about. Now, one one fun story is that that NADA presentation led to four consulting jobs. One of them was in, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, of all places.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Uh, a dealership that had 16 de- separate dealerships and a huge detailing operation, and they had no idea. About all the innovations of detailing, even though they had a huge detailing operation. So I went up there and opened up their mind. They showed up at Mobile Tech in two thousand and nineteen, and in two thousand and twenty, it was awesome. I was so happy, and they're just walking around going, "Wow, we had no idea all this I was." Think about. I met them. Yeah, so the sounds guys from Perma Pirm- yeah. uh, Shine. Yes. Yeah. Good, good guys. Yeah. So,
0: they were stoked to be there. They were just like on <laughs> cloud nine being there. <laughs>
1: And I told them that when I was up there, I was like, you guys have got to go. You've got to go to Mobile Tech. You have no idea. They were in there. I mean, Nova Scotia is kind of an island and they were on their own little island detailing. They had no idea what was happening in the industry anyway.
0: Well, you know, with, with the track record of training that you did put in to your resume and adding that as one more bullet point of multiple things that you do now for training, that also got you into consulting as well. So now you, you know, worked with brands and helped out with, with brands and just, and detailers, right? And detailed businesses. And right. if you don't mind just, you know, what you feel comfortable with talking about, you know, whether it be brands or detailers, but, you know, go into how that works with consulting and, and
1: your position. Yeah, it's it's a whole range. You know, um, my mission statement, my personal and business mission statement is to improve the profitability of the auto reconditioning industry. Um, And the way you do that is to create a triple win situation where um, I'm helping you as a business owner, improve your business, helping you take better care of your customers. And it helps me because I get paid to do it. You know, uh, years ago, somebody... um, um, uh, uh, I can't think of the word. (laughs) Communication, what? Um, Criticized uh, both Rennie Doyle and myself for being transparent in the industry that we're just trying to make money. Heck, yeah, we're trying to make money, but we make money. The only time we make money is when we help you make money. The whole point is help you make more money for yourself and take better care of your customers. And if you take better care of your customers, you're going to make more money no matter what. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's been my mission statement for a long time. And and that can take a number of forms. I mean, uh, as little as spending a couple hours on the phone with somebody consulting with them. Um, a funny story about that is a, a guy from San Jose called me and he just felt like he was, he didn't, wasn't sure if he was doing things right. And we spent a couple hours on the phone and he paid me, I think it was 150 bucks at the time. And at the end of it, I'm like, dude, you're doing everything right. And you j- you didn't just waste your money because you really just confirmed that you are valid. What you're doing is valid. You don't really need to change anything. And I haven't spoken to him since he's doing great. You know, So it can start with something as simple as that. It can be a monthly thing. It can go all the way to uh, what I call the one-day assessments or one-day evaluations where I come out to your operation and spend a day, at least a day with you, um, going over your whole operation, the processes, your employees, the flow of traffic, um, going over the books, whatever whatever you're comfortable with, and basically coming up with all the things that I see that, that could be improved. Okay, what equipment are you using, what chemicals are you using, what is your process, what's your menu like? Um, there, there are so many common problems in those areas. Um, and that's where a lot of my articles come out is, is finding those common problems like overcomplicated menus, um, you know, not charging enough or not realizing that your, your per hour net income is, is you might as well go work at 7-Eleven. It'd be much easier. You know, silly things like that. So, uh, and then it can go all the way up to like a week-long formalized on-site training program where we come in and completely change out your whatever you're willing to do, your equipment, your chemical line, um, all the tools, all the silly little tools that we use, uh, and then coming up with a different menu, an improved menu, and then learning how to, learning the processes to, 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 to take care of each one of those menu items. Um, so, teaching kind of a whole new thing, and that can take a week uh, for, for sure. And so, that's for
0: individual shops, uh,
1: whatever any kind
0: of big organization, dealerships, you car wash, all of that is in one scope of being able to. Any whatever. size,
1: any size organization. It could be, I've done it for individuals, uh, I've done it for large dealerships. Um, so, yeah, it could be for any size organization. And I'll tell you the one thing, there are a lot of really good trainers in our, in our, in our country. And I, um, you know, I can only hope to be as good as they are. The niche that I've carved out is the on-site niche. So let's say you've got a detail shop with 10 employees. How much is it going to cost you to come out to San Diego and spend a week with me with 10 employees? That's going to be a huge expense. So what I do is I go to their location and typically I try to combine it with that one day evaluation following up with, okay, here's what we need to do for you specifically. It's very customized and it's on site. So we're dealing with your customers, your situation, your environment, your weather, okay, your shop, what you have in your shop and teaching you how to do it better uh, and make more money at it.
0: I think, too, what I like is, you know, with all the value that you bring to the table based on your resume, even though you've worked with many different brands, when you go into these scenarios, you're not making it a brand-driven effort. You're trying to find the best fit of resource when it comes to materials, tools, chemicals, things like that, that fit the business of what they're trying to achieve, whether it be production, boutique style, whatever it may be. And, and of course, your relationship over the years have given you opportunity to connect with whoever they would like to utilize
1: right that way it's not yeah, one-sided
0: I mean, just because you're with a brand and now you're forcing that on them in any way shape or form
1: sure i mean i definitely have my favorites you know i do oh, yeah. a lot oh, yeah. of work with b and and i've got tool favorites and um and if they're if they're open to that i'll show them the effectiveness of the brands that i represent but let's say they don't want to do that or for so, whatever reason it doesn't make sense for them in, in their distributors situation I don't care who you're working with. I can work with whatever line you got ardex uh malco pro uh stinger. It doesn't really matter because we just it's 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 all the same juice, yeah, you know? so you just say okay from this from this company, here's what you want to get. you got to get your standard range of, of stuff, but it's also about showing them how to use it yes uh, you can have the best chemicals in the world, but if you don't use them correctly it's it's worthless yeah, so,
0: yeah, it's not worth the outcome,
1: yeah. But that's yeah. where that on-site thing comes in, because I can go in and see where you are, who you're working with. I can make recommendations for improvements on that. But certainly, if you want to stick with who you're working with, let's let's work with them and actually work with their suppliers in, in meeting the trucks that come around or, or wherever they're buying their stuff from and say, look, this is what these people need. Because sometimes it's a, this, most suppliers, most distributors don't know much about detailing. It's, you know, it's fortunately, that's, yeah. that's changing as the chemical companies are starting to spend more time education, educating their distributors um, and bringing their distributors into training, that's, which is great. I, yes. It's so good that we're doing that. But really, when it comes down to it, they don't, they don't know a lot about detail because they don't do it.
0: No, they just take the feedback from the, the end user.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another thing that that I, I brag about a little bit is I still work on cars. I did, I did two coating installations this week. You know, some some high-end polishing, some interior detailing. I still work on cars, so I'm I'm right in it. I'm right in the trenches.
0: And I like that. And that's that's going to lead me into my my next area that I wanted to talk about is that you have this great track record and resume with being in the trenches, like you said, and then also you know, becoming a uh, accredited, also vetted trainer, consultant, all these great things. And then, you know, you would think with that, you have, you know, it all, right? I mean, not literally, but you know quite a bit and you're well, well versed in regards to each industry, the car wash and the detail industry, right? But then you've taken it upon yourself to further your education with continued education and you attended the five day course with Rennie. Yeah, that most anybody else would that's coming into the industry, not knowing much. Now with your history of doing so much and having so much on your resume, even with the training, how much do you feel that that benefited you to go into another, you know, being the student, you know, kind of taking yeah. the back seat. How did that benefit you with moving yeah. forward?
1: And I'll back up just a little bit from that and 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 say anybody on this podcast who's, who's starting detailing, You have got to go to a formal training program. I don't care who it is or where it is. You got to go somewhere because
0: you don't know
1: what you don't know. It took me three years to really become a competent detailer. And still, I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. There's always new things happening in this industry. We thought uh, 10, 15 years ago, we'd kind of leveled off in our knowledge. And then all this stuff came up. Steam. high impact uh, dual action machines, new chemicals, just it's crazy and it's still happening. So you don't know what you don't know, get educated. Um, and, you know, I've always taken the opportunity whenever possible to to get further training. Um, the decision to go to Renny Doyle's training program in 2017 was, uh, or 2016, I think it was, uh, you know, it, it was just obvious to me that I needed to go work with somebody who has completely different experiences than I do. And um, I, I sat there in that class and I took 12 pages of notes, handwritten notes.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And I,
1: I'm quote unquote one of the experts in the industry, but there was so much information, stuff that I didn't know, tips and tricks, um, learning more about ceramic coating. And at the end of the at the end of the training, I, um, you know, we, Renny typically has a debrief where he kind of goes around and talks about each person in the class and their highs and their lows, and and uh, you know he, he's a he's a great pep talker. But he's he came to me and he's he started crying, and I was like, why are you crying? Was I that bad? <laughs> He said, no, I'm 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 emotional because he said he was worried when I came into the class because he thought I would be one of these guys. who comes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's really what you want to do, guys. And I didn't. I just sat back and listened. And so, you know, we have a a huge mutual respect for each other uh, from the training side of it. And so that's I I definitely you got to get you got to just when you think you know it all, you don't. And you can always learn. I learn from my students. so I do a monthly seminar at PS in Hayward, California, and every time I learn something in that class, because there are people out there doing things that we've never seen before.
0: Yeah. So. No, and that's, that was the perfect point of what I was trying to make, the continued education part, no matter how far you're into it, no matter how much older you get, no matter what your track record is. Yeah. you know still being hungry for knowledge.
1: And that's why mobile tech is so huge every year, um, and we encourage more and more people to go to that, um, and you know, spend the money and and lose four days of work and whatever else because you're going to gain so much from that. It's an investment. It's not an expense. Uh, and the people you're going to meet. Oh my gosh, the leaders in the industry, and the questions and the camaraderie that the questions that get answered, and the camaraderie with all the uh, the people, and. Seeing the stuff on the trade show floor, just seeing the new products and getting pick stuff up and play with it and use it, you know, you cannot put a, a price on that. It's 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 priceless. Um, and uh, I always learn a ton of stuff from going to Mobile Tech and all the other stuff that the IDA does across the country. So I, I highly encourage people to to get involved in the industry and, and get out there and meet and greet. And you know, there are very few people who will give feedback that, you know, well, that was kind of a waste of time. I think you went in with the wrong attitude.
0: That's what uh, it is. Attitude is everything.
1: Yeah. And you might be in the wrong industry too. Cause I don't know how you couldn't learn something from going to a place like mobile tech and, you know, with, with two, two full days of education. Now, phew, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the thing I like a, a lot about with what you do, Prentice, and who you are, is you're passion driven. And even with all these years of, of detailing and, you know, in the same repetitious cycle of detailing, right? <laughs> interior, exterior, interior, yeah. exterior. Um, with that, it's, it's led you into other positions, other opportunities, but you've been able to take those opportunities and run with them, which has allowed you to also not just make money with the day to day detailing like all of us do but also make money in other aspects of the detail industry. So it's taking you away from, respectfully taking you away from the hands-on and being hands-on elsewhere with actually giving back with education. But it's made you very well-rounded with being able to work all those positions and still make a living and still have a career in the industry without having to be out there five, six days a week, cleaning and polishing a vehicle.
1: Yeah, and, you know, full disclosure, you know, I have a master's degree, so I, I, I spent seven years in higher education. So there's something to be said for that from the standpoint of of having sort of a, a critical mind and an organ, organized mind and having learned from that. But that doesn't mean that if you don't have a higher education that you can't uh, that you cannot um, do well in this industry beyond the actual hands on working on cards. Um, because there's, you know, uh, more and more there are detailers, everyday detailers, who are getting connected with companies and becoming spokespeople for those companies, and getting paid pretty handsomely for that too. I might add, um, you know, I've been fortunate. Years ago, I met Bob Phillips with PNS, and um, we we formed a partnership. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a contracted person. I'm not an employee at PNS, but. You know, I do some of their uh, training, like their monthly webinars, I mean, some monthly uh, seminars and ceramic coating training. I also do the mobile training for them. Um, and, and, you know, for many companies, I've done a lot of writing, uh, which is easy for me to do. I've been a demo person. Uh, the, I, uh, I was so thrilled the first time that I was paid to go to one of the trade shows. I couldn't believe it. It was awesome. And that can happen to any of us if you are willing to be open to talking with some of the suppliers that are out there and, and yeah. going to these shows and making connections uh, with or without the IDA. Um, but through the IDA, the connections are, are much easier to make because we all kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there are companies that are hungry for, for uh, professional detailers, to help them with their brand. Um, and that's what I've been able to do with it, with several companies. Uh, you know, full disclosure, it's not just BNDS, it's been several companies over the years that have either paid me to write for them or to produce videos or to be a demo person uh, or to consult on new products. You know, there's a number of ways that you can make money um, beyond. <clears throat> Beyond actually working on cars. And even in your local community, again, going back to the competition, I mean, you can be a resource for your, for detailers in your area. Why not? Uh, and that doesn't mean you're giving away your secrets. That's no. ridiculous. You got to get away from that whole nonsense. No. The more high quality detailers are in your area providing the same level of service, the more you're all going to make. Because the community will realize uh, that this is a viable industry, and these guys are really professional, and they deserve to be paid well for it. But if you've got a community that has one or two really good detailers, and the rest of them are crap, that's not helping you. That's that's harming you. Yep. So if you can, you can even help your lo- your your uh, fellow detailers in your area. You know, host a host a get together and start getting to know them and. And some of them may even pay you to, to hang out and, and learn some of your tips and tricks. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: No, you're absolutely right. The more premium detail businesses you have in your area, the better it is for the consumer base as well, because that opens up the market to where when they are calling around, they're seeing that the majority is on the same page of pricing, which yeah. then starts to question why that other guy is so cheap when there's only a few cheap guys, when the majority is charging X amount and then you get these three or four guys charging down here. Right. It, it makes the customer think twice about their options. And it and helps yeah. a lot.
1: And, and that kind of thing is what's going to, to to drive the IDA's consumer awareness program, which is, you know, they're still working on that. It's a lot of work, but it, it will roll out um, is things like, you know, you, you want to choose a professional detailer who is certified, who has insurance, who has a city business license, who doesn't put water and chemicals down the storm drain, all those things. So if, if, if I'm in my community and, and I work with my local detailers to help them all understand the importance of all those things and how to make sure they make enough money to pay for all those things, <clears throat> then I'm helping the whole industry. Because then, like you said, the consumer is going to be calling around and, jeez, uh, it, four out of five detailers are talking about insurance and, and being insured and and having the, the proper licensure and all that, gee, maybe that's a real thing. I really shouldn't shouldn't go with the cheap guy down the street who, who drives up in an old beat-up minivan and gets a bucket of water out of the back of his truck. You know, it it, it, it makes us more viable to the consumer as well. 100%
0: agree. So as far as um, we're at on time right now, well, is there any, any and it's been good. It's been great. I think we covered a lot of grounds in regards to, you know, your past, what you've done, everything that, that you bring to the table is what would be something, some last words uh, that you could put out there to, of advice to say to anybody listening or watching?
1: Well, number one, I would say um, get involved with the IDA, International Detailing Association, um, go to some events, get to know some people, connect with them. Um, you know, on Facebook um, or may even just making phone calls. And you know, my my number is out there. You, anybody that wants to call and talk with me, um, you know, a lot of times I have my earbuds in and I'm working on a car, but I'll chat with you all day long. Uh, and uh, get involved. Uh, take advantage of the resources that are out there, um, and be willing to take a serious look at your own business and the improvements that you need to make in your own business, um, which will help you be more profitable in the future. hundred percent
0: agree. And being involved with the IBA, you know, that is a huge, huge difference in what it could do for you. Some people may have a different opinion. Yes, things have been quiet the past year. This whole world has been quiet the past year. It's not like an individual part of the industry is just all of a sudden fell off. The whole world has fell off. So give everything time to make full circle of getting back onto where everything was in the momentum yeah. that every company, brand, uh, IDA that we had prior to 2020 will come back around. Because I do see some some negative things put out there in social media that, you know, whether it be a brand, a company, or even the IDA about where's where are they at what are they doing what's going on everything's been silent i don't know what world pe- those people that make comments live
1: in but right.
0: that's the whole world right now yeah <laughs> we've
1: know? had we've had increased webinars we've had um special event webinars yeah uh, and i'll tell you as a chairman of one of the as of the membership committee we've spent a lot of time over the last year uh, rolling out benefits um and and you know in the IDA has, has stayed at about the same membership throughout the pandemic, which is pretty freaking amazing.
0: Yeah, it could awesome. have dropped
1: off dramatically and it didn't. So when we start getting back together again, uh, Southern Detailers Conference, for example, coming up, Southwest Car Wash Association in uh, Fort Worth uh, coming up in June. Um, when we start getting together again, it, it's going to explode. Membership's going to explode. And, and people have to realize with the IDA, almost all the work that's done is volunteer work. Okay. The yes. paperwork and the managing membership and stuff like that, that's done by the main office. Yeah, they're paid paid employees. But most of the stuff is volunteer work. So it takes time and it's not perfect when it first rolls out. And we make adjustments, but it's all volu- and that's where you can get involved too. Listening out there, if you want to make a difference in the in the association or in the industry, get involved with the IDA. You can volunteer time and, and get in. You can be part of the next certification committee and, and figure out what the next certificate certificate or badge stripe is gonna be. So absolutely get involved. And you know, you talk to any of the big chemical companies and they're they're up a significant percentage over last year and the year before. And many of the details that I talk to are have so much work they don't know what to do. Um, I'm usually not booked very far in advance. I'm booked well into May. Uh, and, and so if they're, you know, the industry is doing great if you know where to look.
0: Yes. Yes. That's the biggest thing is, is knowing where to look. Yeah. Social media is not always the best place to first look at. It's <laughs> not. Uh,
1: can't pay attention to the naysayers because they're, they're probably having their own personal issues or whatever, their business issues. And and that's and they're taking it out on the I D A. It's ridiculous. There's such a small percentage of people who who feel negatively about the I D A. And it really makes you wonder. Well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, we're, we, what do we got? Nine, nine international chapters now. Fourteen. I don't know. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, quite a bit. So it's we're bigger
1: than the International Car Wars Association, and that used to be the granddaddy of them all. So
0: yeah. Well, Prentice, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on. This number 26 episode of Reflection Artist Live, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, along with the rescheduling as well, to be able to do that. Uh, Much appreciated and everything that we went over as well. It was, I think, really solid content that should help some people for sure.
1: I hope so. And again, call me, email me, whatever. Um, Justin, you've been a great friend for the number of years that I've I've known you. And I look forward to uh, that friendship continuing for sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'll see you at Southern Detailers Conference.
1: Yeah, I'll be awesome. there.
0: <laughs> That'll be the first official event of this year to finally get out and stretch the wings and see everybody and shake right. hands and kiss babies. Well, I guess you can't.
1: Well, no, no keep kiss kissing. Babies. Sorry, guys. Oh, dang. So
0: mask and gloves. <laughs> Either but, way, it yeah. should be a good time.
1: And the IDA will have some certification events at that. So yes. if you need certification, sign I'm up. The
0: first, first uh, oh. Marine
1: Right. First Marine uh, Certification. Also remember the global SV event coming up uh, the week of 21 June. That whole week there's, there are uh, SV events all around the world happening. Just look on yes. the IDA website. Sign up.
0: Awesome. Well, Prentice, thank you. And uh, thank you everybody at home or at work, listening, watching. Um, for another episode of Reflection Artist Live. Of course, you could find any of these episodes on any of the uh, podcast platforms and or our social media page for Buff and Shine Manufacturing or the Reflection Artist page as well. So thank you guys and uh, have a great rest of your day, Prentice. You too. See you later. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.